Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Hacker News. It is Monday, October 4th, 2021. Let's get this whole thing revamped and going again, but this time instead of video, we'll have the audio. Let's get it. it's been the past week i guess past two weeks really we've had uh the new ios kind of came out and everyone's kind of tinkering around with that a little bit they've had um apple's actually released their a lot of a lot of updates to a lot of devices covering a lot of different things um keeping all of us safe hopefully that's the hope at least <laughs> um but yeah, let's let's jump into uh, three interesting articles for this week that I kind of found. I guess they're really from last week, um, and, and as, a, as this podcast continues onward, we will update with more pertinent information. We'll get some more up-to-date stuff. This first article is as of September 30th, so last week, not not too long ago. But um, it's really kind of just talks about how to steal money from victims' contact list Apple Pay wallets. So it's pretty interesting stuff. You know, we all, we all have iPhones. Well, I, I can't say we all, but a lot of us have iPhones. And you know how you have the nifty Apple Wallet inside of there? Well, it's really cool and it's fun to use. While that's always the case, um, it's pretty, you know, it's, it's a piece of technology that you have to remember you have to secure, right? And if you don't do such, then bad things will happen. Hence why this article is even a thing. Now, with Apple's digital wallet, Apple Pay, um, it will pay whatever amount is demanded of it without authorization if configured for transit mode with a Visa card. Um, Now, those two things combined together and exposed to a hostile scanner or a reader, I guess you could use, um, would in turn allow the attacker, the adversary, to charge however much money they want to your card. So... You could be walking through an airport and all of a sudden get a ding on your phone from Visa saying, oh my gosh, I spent you know, $52,000 on this thing. And you have no idea what, what's going on. So then that's whenever you call Visa and they start to work out the whole, the whole shebang with you. But um, you know, it's very interesting how NFC is overlooked sometimes, not necessarily in the PCI uh, area, but from a user's end perspective, of you know now we have RFID blocking cards and are not cards but wallets and we have all the security around payment systems now that all of the payment for NFC is going to be stored in the Apple Wallet um, which has been a thing for a little while you think they would have had this fixed it creates and pauses another issue it's a new kind of issue right it's something that not many of us have kind of really dealt with and not many people have kind of trumped up to see. Um, But it's just, it's a new, you know, with every new piece of technology, you gain about 40 million ways to break it. And with every fix you create, you also create more ways to break it. So, you know, nothing is completely bulletproof. There's always ways to get into things. Um, It's just a matter of who's going to do it, when, and how. Now, continuing onward with what Express Transit Mode does, in essence, um... Express Transit Mode enables Apple Pay transactions without unlocking the iPhone or requiring authentication. It's intended as a convenience feature 
to facilitate charges when passing through public transit ticketing gates that support contactless readers like Europay, MasterCard, and Visa EMV. Um, as stated from Dr. Andrea Inaretu in the School of Computer Science at the University of Birmingham, our work shows a clear example of a feature meant to incrementally make life easier, backfiring and negatively impacting security with potentially serious financial consequences for users. So, you know, like I was talking about earlier, it's it would suck to really look down to your phone and see, oh my gosh, I had this notification for this massive amount of money from this uh, this random person, this random charge, this random company. You know, now, even though it would be kind of tough and kind of odd, you know, it says that Apple and Visa have revealed that the two industry parties each have partial blame, neither are willing to accept responsibility and implement a fix, leaving users vulnerable indefinitely. And that's kind of the big, big issue here with this is that, you know, you don't want to be left in the middle of a no man's land with the two companies you're using or your your card is provided through um, or the phone you're using that are just going to leave you stranded in the middle of nowhere. And this it really poses a big threat, right? You know, do you really want to have your card on Apple Pay? Do you really want to give Apple the control over your card to really kind of decide who, how, or when people are going to use it or access it? And though it is convenient, this is the big bump that we're running to in society right now is, you know, with convenience comes a cost. And with that cost, it can, it can usually be some pretty big security issues, some security detriments, just like we've seen in, in the past months with companies getting hacked, you know, big corporations getting hacked. And, you know, it's just, it poses a bunch of threats and it's about time that we start kind of reeling in on these things and figuring out different ways to actually make this easier while keeping it more secure um, and hopefully not have this controlled by a massive giant like Apple who's probably not going to pay too much attention to this until there are actual threats and they actually happen, which is also not a great look for the company because, you know, as a, Apple will thrive no matter what. They're just a big company. They're so, so big. Um, they're going to thrive no matter what. And it's just, it's, it's that kind of decision that we as consumers need to make. Do you really want a big company to have control over you like that do you want a company that sees that there's an issue and doesn't want to fix it do you want to you know this could be the difference in you making a hundred dollars one day and you losing a hundred dollars the next day um, because of something that could have been prevented but wasn't even looked at you know peloton had this big issue not too long ago um, i want to say a few months back with their treadmills and bikes where they had consumer data getting linked or leaked across an API, which is an application programming interface, which you can access on the web um, without any kind of authorization. So anybody had access to anybody's data. And it was it was pretty big, pretty bad look on them. And they had actually been told in prior reports to say, hey, you know, you guys need to fix these specific things. And Peloton ignored them. They didn't listen to them. And once this massive attack kind of happened, well, Peloton was deep in charges, deep in fines for um, being responsible for not fixing these things. As well as, on top of that, uh, just to prove an even bigger point, they were told by the Consumer Product Safety Commission that you know their Treadmill Plus, which is the name of the product, was not ready to be put onto the market. There were still some safety concerns, and they ignored it. And what do you know, uh, 
there were more than 70 incidents that happened and one kid died. One child passed away from it, sadly. And it just, it just goes to show that, you know, if, if you know that you have a specific flaw or an issue in an area within your company, you probably need to address it and see if you can fix it before anything worse could happen. Not only is it being preemptive, but it's also damage control for the future. Like you're preemptively going to stop the potential things that could happen. So just preemptive actions on companies' behalves are really, really well appreciated, um, not only from us consumers, but also from uh, companies and executives inside those companies as well, because then that means that that's less hassle for them to deal with later. Um, you know, going back to the article though, the primary, I guess, ideal version of this attack is really just a stolen iPhone, um, an active iPhone per se, that's not been locked down with find my iPhone or anything like that. Um, an active iPhone configured as described with the visa card on it. And the people who have that iPhone could then start charging whatever they want to the card. Um, so it, it's it's not too far from a uh, pretty realistic scenario. I mean, I know there are there are several people that I know personally who have had their iPhones stolen, and you know it's it's not hard to take that approach to it and just think, oh my gosh, that could be me. You know, I could be at a music uh, concert or I could be at a music festival or something of the sorts, and you have your phone in your back pocket, and boom. Just like that, it's gone. Just gone immediately. And uh, it's, it's not far from the truth, and it's not really that, you know, it's, it's a very plausible attack vector. So keep your eyes on that, guys. You know, it's that's an interesting headline that kind of came out on the 30th. I'm, I'm going to keep my eyes on this. It's really, really interesting that they're not willing to understand, or not, not understand isn't the right word, but accept whose fault it really is, rather than just, working with each other and fixing it, uh, if that makes sense. However, moving on from what we just talked about, we're still going to be talking about Apple. It's a big Apple episode today. Um, Frustrated dev drops three zero-day vulnerabilities affecting Apple iOS 15 after six-month wait. A security bounty program slammed over broken promises. So, upset with Apple's handling of its security bounty program, a bug researcher has released proof-of-concept exploit code for three zero-day vulnerabilities in Apple's newly released iOS 15 mobile operating system. The Bug Hunter posted on Thursday to Russia-based IT blog Havler, H-A-B-R, or Haver, um, under the name Illusion of Chaos. What a name. And to Twitter under the same name as well. Uh, expressed frustration with Apple's handling of vulnerability reports. I've reported four zero-day vulnerabilities this year between March 10th and May 4th. As of now, three of them are still present in the latest iOS version, 15, and one was fixed in 14.7, but Apple decided to cover it up and not list it on the security content page. And whenever the researcher confronted them, he said, when I confronted them, they apologized, assured me it happened due to a processing issue that promised Error, and promised to list it on the security content page of their next update. There were three releases since then, and they broke their promise each time. The researcher added that the vulnerability dump conforms with responsible disclosure practices, noting that Apple was informed and has done nothing. And though the programming blunders uh, are not terribly dire, from what we can tell, they ought to be addressed at some point. Now, this kind of really, really just emphasizes what we were talking about in the last article, right? Apple is refusing to not necessarily fix. I mean, 
with this, I kind of feel like they're they're refusing to fix it. Um, they've had a long time to fix this, and they're just they're just not. Um, but even going on with the visa issue, you know, Apple's not taking responsibility for what they have and what is really happening. You know, if if the company really thinks that there's a big issue, they they should fix it immediately. And especially if us as consumers think there's a big issue, that should be a red flag to them. However, a lot of us aren't necessarily um, the, for the majority of people, we're not necessarily built to think about security first. If we see something that makes us go ooh and ah, we're gonna go straight towards it. Me personally, I did the same thing. I have an iPhone. Um, I like the phone. I, you just have to know what the security risks are involved with it, and it just it's it's just a whole ordeal. Now the three unpatched iOS flaws include the gamed G A M E D zero day. Um, which provides access to sensitive data such as your Apple ID, your email address, full name, the associated Apple ID authentication token, read access to a shared contacts database, the speed dial database, and the address books. That's the <laughs> that's that's a lot of information off of your phone. I feel like you'd be kind of concerned about that. I know that I would be. Um, the next one is the knee helper, N-E-H-E-L-P-E-R, enumerate installed apps zero day, which is kind of a long big thick name but it allows any user installed app to determine whether any other app is installed so they can enumerate what all is on your phone what all the applications are on your phone and then the last one is the any helper wi-fi info zero day which allows an app with location access permission to use wi-fi without the required entitlement so these are the three that that researcher had kind of talked about and highlighted, but Apple refused to do anything about or even publish them on their security page. So he went ahead and just released them into the world. So, oh, Apple, Apple, oh, what are you guys doing? You know, guys, there there will always be a lot kind of going on in this realm, in the cybersecurity realm. And honestly, these are the kind of two big topics, two big articles I want to talk about today. I know I said I had three the third kind of flowed into those first two. Um, it just kind of goes full circle to make you understand and realize, you know, as consumers, we need to be aware of what's going on in the market. We need to be aware of what's happening with the companies and we need to keep the companies accountable. And if they're not staying accountable, then that's when we need to raise a red flag and raise an issue and bring it to light. Um, we as consumers have the response. It's, it's our due diligence. You know, the company wouldn't thrive without us. And so without us, without that backed up support, um, it just goes to show that there's a lot that can happen. And there's a lot that can happen once they get so big to the point where they don't even care anymore. Um, so just thought I would keep you guys updated with those couple of articles. This is just the first episode of this, uh, this podcast. I'm going to slowly be kicking it back off and we'll try and stay as consistent as possible. Um, however, I cannot guarantee anything. I really would like to get one out a week, um, and we'll see, we'll see where we can go with that. That's the end goal, and that will happen eventually. Um, I just need to get into a, a normal daily grind again, and we will get everything starting to we'll get everything started back together like it used to be. Uh, however, instead of the video podcasts, I'll release one of those every once in a while. Um, for the first little bit, it's going to be just this audio because it just, it saves me a little bit of time. And honestly, I kind of like it a bit more. Um, you know, I'll, I'll end up doing the video as I get more time and get more flexibility. But uh, this is the best medium for me to spread the news and spread all the fun resources amongst everybody. 
So I hope you all have a great day. Thank you for listening. Um, This is, again, October 4th. It is a Monday of 2021. I hope you all have a blessed day and take care. Cheers. This is William Elt.